following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Your snacks for lunch and open your Bibles to the book of 1 Timothy. I will not be offended if you start munching in service this morning because it's 1130 in my head. Fourth and fifth graders, you are dismissed. They always go before I tell them. Whatever. I'm not upset. I'm getting used to it. 1 Timothy chapter 5 is where we're going to be at this morning. We're going to look at verses 3 through 16. Nobody brought their Halloween candy this morning, huh? My, uh, my daughters went trick-or-treating last night, and I successfully stole 50% of their candy. Right? Let's look at the, the word this morning. First Timothy chapter 5, as you're turning there, that's on the right side. It's in what we call the New Testament. One of the letters from Paul, 1 Timothy chapter 3. Interesting passage of scripture we've been walking through here, and hopefully we can make some application for you guys who are gathered this morning. It might seem like a subject um, that some of us don't really need right now, but it's important. Paul's talking to Timothy about what it means to be a member of God's church, what it means to take care of the members of God's church. He's going to hit a subject here that's really interesting. If we look at verse 3 in chapter 5, he says, <clears throat> Do not rebuke an older man, I'm starting at verse 1, but encourage him as you would a father, younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, in all purity. We talked about that a little bit and then last week. And then he says, verse 3, Honor widows who are truly widows. We'll talk about that in a second. But if a widow has a child... Or a grandchild, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return for their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. Verse 5, she who is truly a widow, let, left all alone, has set her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day, but she who is self-indulgent is dead even while she lives. That's harsh language. 7, command these things as well so that they... The widows may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Let the widow be enrolled as she is not less than 60 years of age, having been a wife of one husband, having a reputation for good works. If she has brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work. Verse 11, but refuse to enroll younger widows, for their passions draw away from Christ. They desire to marry and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. What does this all mean? Besides that, they learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies. We don't have any of that in our congregation this morning, right? Amen. There we go. Okay. <laughs> 
saying what they should not. So, verse 14, I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their household, give their adversary no occasion for slander. 15, for some have already strayed after Satan. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Don't let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. Interesting passage of scripture talking about widows. Why are they so important? Well, your parents are getting older, right? Or maybe some of you, your parents have already left. Every one of us is going to deal with this situation at some point. We're going to deal with it as a church. There's big time connotations for us, especially those who are younger, my age, okay? As we watch our parents get older and go through the stages and trials of life, we're going to see widows come up a little bit more often. Midway through chapter 5, Paul's going to offer Timothy some instruction. And here's the hard thing about the passage of Scripture. It goes back to the passage that says, Children, obey your parents, for this is right. I don't care what anybody else says. When my kids, if I look at them and I say, hey, go clean your room. And they say, why? Give me a good reason. Because I said so is a good reason. Right? Amen? You don't have to agree with me. It's true. Because God says so is enough. He's our heavenly father. He says, children, obey your parents. Or Christians, those who confess in your mouth, believe in your heart, Jesus Christ is Lord. Obey your heavenly father because it's right. These are things that you should be doing. And Paul's going to talk to Timothy because there's going to be widows that are going to start popping up. They're going to lose their spouses. It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever imagined in your whole entire life to go through. For those of us who are getting older, it's going to be, we understand that we have a shelf life. Because we have a shelf life, we're going to lose our loved ones. My dad's going to be here next week. He's going to preach. He does a phenomenal job. Pray for, pray for my dad. He just resigned from his post. 27 years, same church. This is his first Sunday preaching away from that congregation. We'll welcome him gladly. He lost his first wife to lupus. She died, and we see, even from conversations I've had with him, the hardest thing he's ever had to do was to lose a spouse. Widows are important, not, not just to God. They're important to the church. They're important to us. When somebody loses a spouse, it's a big deal. Why? Because widows, according to the Old Testament and the New Testament, are special objects of God's mercy. Let me show you some things just from the Old Testament, and then we'll talk about some New Testament. Brian, you drive. You do a great job. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 18. He, God, executes justice for the fatherless and for the widow. He, our Heavenly Father, gives justice to those who suffer loss. Not just for the widow, but for us who suffer loss. God is for us. He executes justice. There is no injustice in God. Think about that statement. There is no injustice in God. He fights for his people, and more importantly, he fights for his people who suffer loss. Let me give you another verse. Deuteronomy chapter 14. The widow within your gates may come. She's going to come. It's going to happen. She's going to come. It's going to happen to you and your families. Somebody's going to lose a spouse. You're going to see a widow rise to the surface. They're going to want a couple of things. They're going to want to be nurtured. They're going to want to be fed. Everybody wants to be fed. That's why we have Thanksgiving potlucks. And they're going to want to be satisfied. They're going to want to know the love of God is real. Okay? 
The widow's going to come within your gates. She's going to want to come. She's going to want to eat. Be satisfied. Another one. James chapter 1, verse 27. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this. To look after orphans and widows. Why? To look after these in their distress and to keep oneself unsustained by the world. It's our job as Christians, those of us who profess our mouth, believe in our heart, Jesus Christ is Lord, to take care of these people. And it's going to come from our homes, and then it's going to come from the church. And we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, because all of us are going to suffer this. All of us are going to go through this. All of us are going to have this situation happen, whether it be now you're going through currently, or in the future, it's going to happen down the road. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 3 through 8. Let's look at it. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 3. Honor the widows who are true widows. If a widow has children or grandchildren, let them be the first to learn to show godliness to their own household and to make sure some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is a true widow, left all alone, has her hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. Number one, if you're taking notes. First thing that Paul is going to tell Timothy is widows need care. Those who have suffered loss need cared for. Those who have suffered distress need cared for. Those who have gone through hard times need cared for. What's a true widow? We'll get there. Paul told Timothy he was to honor the true widows or those had lost their husbands and had no children or grandchildren alive. What does that mean? This has some big connotation for you, especially if you have parents who are sick, who are on the verge of going to be with Christ. Family is to take care of the true widows first. It is your responsibility, and I pray every day that I can take care of my mom well. <laughs> right? That's a joke. She knows it. She said to me a couple of times, she says, Jordan, pray that I go first and you get that. <laughs> I said, thanks, Mama. I really appreciate that. <clears throat> and then Dad says, no, you'll get more inheritance if we both go at the same time. <laughs> so Bethany and I are going to send them all around the world with Mitch. And they'll have a blast. They'll do really good, I promise. They're good people. <laughs> Family first. The family, whether you're a child or a grandchild, now follow with me, okay, because this is important. Whether you're a child or a grandchild, you are called by Scripture to be responsible for caring for widows first by showing their faith and putting into practice caring for their own. You as a family, if you have a mother... Or a grandmother who has lost a spouse, it is your job to take care of them. If you're not doing that and you call yourself a Christian, you're living contradictory to what Scripture says. It's just what the Word of God tells us. Family is to take care of those people first. And then, if there's no grandchildren or children present, you go to the church second, okay? So there's where we see the church kick in. As we were studying for this passage, we looked at it and we said, Do we have any widows who have no grandchildren or, ch or children who are taking care of them. And we, we really search these things. We need to be on point scripture once. The true widow in the time of the church. Without kids or grandkids. Would come to the church. And go to the house of God. And the house of God would take care of them. 
She would then put her hope and faith in God and trust that he would supply her needs through the church. How do we know this happened? If you go back into Luke chapter 2 and you look at chapter verse 37, Anna or Anna, however you want to pronounce it, says she was a widow for 84 years. She did not leave the temple complex. She served God night and day with the fasting and prayers. So if we have widows in our church. Annette and I were talking about this. We were laughing. As if we have widows in our church that have no kids or grandkids, technically we can employ them for nothing. And the elders would rejoice. Right? No, not so much. But it says the church takes care of them and they come and they serve the house of the Lord because they have time to serve the Lord. But Paul tells Timothy here something that's really, really important. He says, Timothy, don't be deceived because there will be some people that come just for a handout. He says, and those aren't true widows. True widows give themselves to the Lord because they do not have a spouse. And what happens is because they don't have a spouse, they're committed to God day and night. And they do whatever God wants them to do and they serve diligently. And there's people out there who will not serve diligently or be committed to godly service and prayer. Some widows sought lives of pleasure in Ephesus instead of service. Imagine that. Some widows that lost their husband says, he's gone, now I can do whatever I want. None of you are thinking that right now, of course. He says, those are not godly women who should be taken care of. True widows were those who should be cared for by the church in pursuit of a life that honored the Lord and not themselves. A widow that lives for her own pleasure is dead while she lives because she's a servant to Jesus Christ. Such women must not be placed in the widow's list. There's a list. I think about my, uh, my grandma Muck. You guys never met her. I only met her for a small season. She was well advanced in her years. Did I say that right? She was funny. She would read a book. She would sit in a rocking chair. She had an afghan on. She always would dress up. I never got that. She'd get up in the morning dressed up to sit around all day. Whatever. We'd come and sit next to her. And I'd say, Grandma, tell me something about life. She says, Jordan, the world's going completely to hell. I said, Grandma, how do you know? She said, I just read Bill Clinton's book. I said, Grandma, tell me something else that I need to know. She says, Jordan, after I finished Clinton's book, I picked up my Bible because God always wins regardless of how much the world's going to hell. She was committed to being in the Word and prayer constantly. She points us all back to scriptures constantly. I remember one Thanksgiving, we were sitting with Grandma Muck. She was sitting at the head of the table, and all of her kids and grandkids were sitting around a table. Every single one of them was in Christian service. Job well done. Job well done. And every single one of those kids took care of Grandma Muck. They were committed to her. They'd pick her up. They'd take her to church. They'd take her to whatever she needed to do. She would meet with women and sit next to them and tell them very bluntly what they needed to do to serve the Lord. Because she can get away with that. Older people, you can get away with some crazy stuff. It's amazing. <laughs> we all just let it go, but man, it's awesome. <clears throat> they were put on the list. True widows were put on the list. 
who were not open to the pleasure of the flesh, but accepted it often brought rebuke on the entire church. If, if the church was going to care for somebody who was more concerned about living in the flesh than it was in the faith, then they were taken off the list because the church would have something coming to it. Look at what Titus says about exactly taking care of widows who need care. He says, they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, disqualified for any good work. Anybody who runs after the flesh is this. Even somebody who's lost their spouse. Either we are committed 100% to Jesus Christ and we're all in to being obedient to him because of his death and resurrection on the cross. Or we're living our own life. And he says, listen, Timothy. If you profess to know God, don't deny him by being disobedient to him. Run after him. Be obedient. Be pleasing in his sight so that you can be qualified. And the way that you could be qualified was to take care of your parent who has lost a spouse. It was one of the ways that you saw true religion live out. When somebody who had a parent lose that spouse, grab them, pull them in, and take care of their needs. It was their job. Romans chapter 8, for the mind set on flesh is death. He says, don't be set on death. Be set on serving Jesus Christ. Now, if the church fails to take care of true widows, we've denied the faith, which is worse than an unbeliever. That's the scripture. That's a hard thing to, to read. He says, Paul tells Timothy, he says, Timothy, if you don't do these things, and if you don't urge your congregation to do these things, you're worse than somebody who doesn't believe in Christ. What does that say about how we take care of mom and dad? What does that say about how we take care of mom and dad? I got a little room downstairs. Mom can go. It's got a lock on the door. <clears throat> First Timothy chapter 5. Go back to scripture, okay? Verse 7. Take care of the widows. I love my mom. Don't get wrong. Don't get me wrong. Okay, she's a great lady. He loves the Lord. Verse seven. Command these things, Timothy, to your congregation. Why? So they may be without reproach. If anyone does not provide his relative, and especially for the members of his household, he denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Go to ten or nine to ten. Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been a wife of one husband and having a reputation for good works. If she's been brought up by children, has shown hospitality, and has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work. Interesting. He talks first and foremost, we're taking notes to older women. What is our command to older women, those who are over 60? This is the first time in the Bible, probably a couple times we get an age. But it helps us have a guide. Some people say the Bible is not black and white. Pretty black and white here. Older women over 60. Okay. The question remains, how are you to care for those true widows? Okay, Paul, I get it. I'm supposed to take care of my family, whether that be grandma or mom, who has lost a spouse. Now, why don't we do that with dad? Well, husbands, you can work, okay? Like a lot of the times in Bible times, the husband wasn't deemed worthless then. And neither is the widow. And worthless isn't a bad word there. It's just the fact that there isn't anything there. Okay, So don't take that as a negative. It was just that, that the men could continue on. And they could continue to be diligent, whether they were under or over 60. The women, though, needed some help. And that's exactly what he's saying in the scripture. He says, if you are to take them in, grandma or mom, 
And you are to care for these true women, the women who love the Lord and want to be committed in service to Him. How do you take care of them? First of all, I already said it, she's got to be over 60. One of the ways that we see a true widow is she has to be over 60. My mom's almost there. Though the age of 60 was more advanced today, Paul had his reasons for keeping the younger women off the rolls. Why does Paul exclude anybody underneath 60? Couple reasons. First reason, they might marry again. Okay? Maybe they're going to go marry again. Can you marry over 60? Absolutely. Is it possible? I don't know. Okay, is it probable? I don't know. Whatever. Don't laugh. It's, it's, come on. I'm not there yet. Whatever. Also, next thing. They might bear children still. I don't know any of you who are under the age of 60, 50 to 60, thinking about having kids. I would discourage it. <laughs> that means you would be 80 by the time they graduated high school. Wow. Eh, maybe it'll be better. <laughs> I think about my time. Anyway, that's, I'm, gonna, I'm going off on a tangent again. Why over 60? May marry again. Or under older women. They, the younger women. They might marry again. They might bear children. Manage household and other things to be mentioned in the next point. We'll talk about that in just a second, okay? These people are over 60. Second qualification. Were they faithful to their husband? This is big in Paul's world. Faithfulness in marriage is huge in the Bible. I don't know if you know that or not. Why are we to be committed to our spouse? If I love Jesus, if I love the Lord, then I will be faithful to my spouse. Sexually, emotionally, whole nine yards. I love her the way that Christ loved the church. These women, were they faithful to their husband? The Greek literally means, were they one woman, one man women? Who was not unfaithful sexually. Interesting. That's how they went on the list. Older women that went on the list. They were over 60. They were faithful to their husbands sexually. Also, they were well known for their good deeds. They loved service to the church. I look at my grandma again. Okay, grandma. And I watch her and she meets all those qualifications. The kids took care of her. The kids weren't around or didn't exist. Okay, or, 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 or something had happened to them. The church would take care of her. That is how the church is supposed to function and operate. The kids were there and they were taking care of her because she was all of these things. Over 60, faithful to her husband, very faithful to her husband. Not in the best marriage that you could possibly imagine. But she was faithful to him and she was well known for her good deeds. I mean, Grandma was all over the place. She had a prayer list. She was serving the church. She was making sure that she was diligently obedient to Jesus Christ. Not legalistically following him in a set of rules. Paul gave five examples to distinguish these godly women, home, church, and community life. They were hospitable. We see this in the text. Go back to the Bible. What does the Bible say? They were hospitable. They washed feet. In other words, humble servants. They helped people in trouble. And they were devoted to all other kinds of good deeds. Four, excuse me, I said. Hospitable, washing feet, helping people in trouble, and devoted to all kinds of good deeds. I watched my grandma do all of those things. What a perfect example of an older widow who was taken care of well by her kids. Because she was faithful in the service. 
And think about your own life, okay? How does this apply to me, Jordan? Why does this apply to me? Because our parents, especially mine, are getting older. We need to start thinking about these things, how we can be diligently devoted to Jesus Christ by taking care of them. And then we need to think about it as a church. What if somebody were to become widowed in our church who doesn't have any kids or grandkids? Are we willing and ready to take them on? And to diligently care for them. We were thinking about it and talking about it, especially with a couple of pastors, paying their bills, making sure things are taken care of at home. I mean, it is a big command here because it happens constantly. Paul says these women on your role meet these qualifications. They have good reputations for being godly women. It's also something that we see that we as younger men and women even those of you who are in our older congregation who are with your spouses still. This is something we shoot for. This is, the, this is the target. This is the mark. I mean, sometimes I think we pass it and we go, ah, oh, there's, no, there's no widows in my family and everything's okay and I don't have to think about it. No, the godly service part is huge for husbands and wives. It's massive for us. I mean, younger women, think about it like this right now. Are you faithful to your husband, well-known for your good deeds, hospitable? Do you, are you humble in your service? Do you help people in trouble? Are you devoted to good deeds, serving your church and praying for the people who are present within it? These are things we think about now. And then he talks about it in verse 11. Refuse to enroll younger widows, for when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry. And so they incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. We'll talk about this and we'll unpack it in just a second. Besides that, they learn to be idlers going from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busy busybodies, saying what, with, what they should not. So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their household. Give adversaries no occasion for slander. 15. For some have already strayed from Satan. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows. Older women first. Now he's going to talk about you younger women for a second. What happens if you lose your spouse? What do you do? Crazy situation. I know a younger widow. My biological father... He died uh, 2001-2, something like that. Left my stepmom as a younger widow. Under the age of 60, <coughs> dies. Some of you who are younger, you've lost a spouse. I can't imagine. I have, I don't mean to be funny, I have a lot of dead friends on Facebook. They're literally dead. Some of them were married and my college roommate died, left his wife, three kids, tiny, five-year-olds, seven, nine, goes to be with the Lord. What do we do with the younger women? I got another buddy, lost his wife, what's, what's he to do? These people are sick, losing their spouse. I can't imagine losing a spouse, I can't imagine losing Bethany, uh, I almost did. Bethany's had cancer. She's almost died in childbirth. Couldn't imagine. And she couldn't imagine being without me. Okay. <laughs> According to Paul, 
younger widows were not on the same list as older. Let's give you a few reasons. First of all, they still have their youth in them, okay? Youthful desires. Look at verse 11 and 12. He talks about the youthful desires. I can't believe you guys didn't get that. That's a little discouraging. Or I'll tell that. Younger women often faced normal sexual desires, which overcame their dedication to Christ. Their husbands leave again, and you're going to see this, okay? If, if a younger woman's spouse dies, they either go two routes. Oh, praise the Lord, he's dead. I go do whatever I want to do. Or they go, I can't believe it. I lost my helpmate. What is the desire, though, when that happens? It's a desire to dedication to Christ herself. A widow on the list was totally concerned with the things of the Lord. A married woman or a woman waiting to be married's desire was for her husband. 1 Corinthians 7, 34 35. An unmarried woman who is a virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord so that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her own husband. See, see there's a difference here. A young woman, she either wants to please her husband, and if she's not married, she wants to please the Lord. Okay? And he says what happens is when they get married, that, that young woman, she is constantly pleasing her husband because her husband... Is constantly loving her. <laughs> this is funny. When we get to weddings, I always tell the young couple, I said, Husbands are called and commanded to love your wives. But nowhere in scripture does it say wives are called to love your husbands. We think it's a good idea, but it's not in there. The wife serves the husband because the husband is the status of what Christ is to the church. She loves him just like Christ gave up his life for the church. And so she willingly serves him, not in a negative connotation, but in a positive connotation. And the husband, in turn, is committed to serving her because he is a representation of Jesus Christ in regards to the fact that Jesus Christ gave himself up for the church, and so he gives himself up for his wife. It is a mutual 100% thing in a marriage. It should be. Husbands and wives, you are to give 100% of yourself to your spouse, and then in turn, you are to give 100% over to your spouse, and that's the way it works if you truly want to be obedient and love Jesus. And we are to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our marriage. And what happens is with the younger women who lose their spouse, they're either going to go back to their youthful desires or... They're going to be committed to serving the church. In other words, youthful desires want to get married again. Serving the church. I have no reason for wanting to get married. I just want to serve the church. So Paul points Timothy, number two, if you're taking notes, to overcome temptation, to deny herself, and do that which is of the Lord. Younger, energetic widows had a hard time resisting the temptations with the deceased husband. They wanted to get married again, and rightfully so. Unless you're Bethany. If I, if I went to see the Lord, I don't know if that would be true. I think you'd be like, we'll just take a time of rest. <laughs> Supportive widows gave their time serving Christ, visiting and counseling younger women. What do they counsel them on? Watch. 
be more prone to participation in gossip and saying things that shouldn't be said. And so, they should remarry. Remarry. Go, go, go. Remarry. Marry a godly man again. Be with him. Serve him as you serve Christ. As you would serve the church. But don't have too much time because too much time means temptation. I know this is true in all of our lives, isn't it? We have too much time on our hands. Temptation just starts to creep in. We are either going to be diligent serving the Lord or we are going to be caught up in temptations because we've given too much time. That's the way it is. Too much time with not enough to do is dangerous for anyone, including young women who are widows. Too much time with not enough to do is dangerous for anyone except those too old to get into trouble. So Paul urged younger widows to one, marry, two, raise their family, and three, manage their homes, which is the greatest mission field on planet Earth. Moms, you need to know that. We said it a couple of times, but the greatest mission field, for those of us in the congregation who have young kids, your greatest mission field is to your children. And more is caught than taught. They're watching how mom and dad treat each other. And they're watching how mom and dad take care of grandma and grandpa. When my parents are in, and Bethany's parents are in, my kids are watching like hawks. How do they take care of grandma and grandpa? How do they take care of each other? My wife's the first person I kiss before I leave the door, and then it's my kids. It's not the opposite. They, they revolve around us, not opposite. They watch how they should be treated by watching mom and dad, how mom and dad take care of grandma and grandpa. How are we doing on that? Just curious. How are we doing loving husbands and loving wives, and how are we doing loving moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas? That's something to think about. Last night I was totally convicted. Bethany's whole family came in to trick-or-treat. I love Halloween, the celebration of creativity amongst younger kids. I hate the celebration of evil. The fine line there. Everybody comes into our house when Bethany's parents and her sisters and brothers-in-laws come into our house. It's, 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 it's so hectic. Everything that I had nice and neat just completely goes out the window. <laughs> Things get broken. Kids get broken. The whole nine months. Last night, I watched all these little kids with, as soon as we were done trick-or-treating, they're exhausted, and when kids are exhausted, they do their own thing, right? They just cry and scream and yell and all that other stuff. I watched all three of Bethany's sisters and their husbands, and even myself, and how I treated Bethany, and then I watched Bethany's folks, and how they treated each other. And the reason I was so diligently watching it, because I watched the little kids watch it. And right there, the sermon just comes to life. More is caught than taught. What are they learning from watching all of us and how we take care of each other and how we take care of grandma and grandpa? Bethany are learning even as we spend time in car rides to be careful when we use names. Because Kareem will speak up from the back and go, oh boy, this is getting awkward. 
because she hears. So many younger women have turned away to follow Satan because of their desires. It broke Paul's heart. It breaks my heart. If any Christian woman had widows as relatives, they should take care of them. So if there were younger women who had lost their spouse and they knew a widow themselves, they took care of each other as well. The congregation's responsibility was there. It got back to preaching and teaching of the word. If you look at 16, it's an interesting passage of scripture. It says, you should do these things. Any believing woman has relatives who are widows. It would even extend to anybody who has relatives who are widows. Let them care for them and the church not be burdened. Doesn't mean that in a bad way. It just means widows are a burden. It's something you take on. But the church should be concerned according to the scriptures for the teaching of the word. It's interesting. It's the body's responsibility. So think about it. I mean, we're, we're thinking about it. And that's kind of where we're at. I'm going to ask you just some really open, honest questions about your parents and where you're at with them. Who are the widows in your life? Who are they? If they're relatives, are you taking care of them? Just an honest question. What about mom and dad who are approaching a little bit older in age? What do you do with them? What do you do with Mom goes to, or dad goes to be with the Lord and mom's still here. Bethany and I started talking about what do we do? And here's the crazy thing is my mom and dad come and we talk to them about it. What do you, what do you, how do we take care of you when one of you goes to be with the Lord? How do we do that? What about us? Are we living in this way where we're being faithfully diligent to service to Jesus? So that we can be taken care of? Are we loving our spouses well? Because our kids are watching and our Savior is watching. There's so many applications in that text. And I, I think you're getting it. I just want you to be diligent with it in application. Think about it. Have that conversation. It's not, a hard, it's, it's not an easy conversation, but it's a godly conversation. Sit down with those of you who are younger like me with your mom and dad. Say, hey... Dad, if you were to die today, how do we take care of mom? What do we do? You younger women, be faithful to your husband. Be faithful in good deeds. All of us shouldn't be tempted to our own desires, but still be very obedient to Jesus Christ. And lots of connotations there, lots of them. I hope the words that you're hearing this morning will be possible in probable time to come for the future and you would go back to this passage when it happens. And you love well. Let me pray for you. God, I don't know how to close out this message. I, I just don't know. You want us to care about people. I know that. Maybe some of us in the congregation have moms 
who lost dad and we're not taking care of him really well. God, would you, through your Holy Spirit, convict them? Would you, through your power, convict them to, to take care of mom? To be the hands and feet of Jesus, to be true religion to mom. Those of us who are, who are here who have family members who have lost a loved one, we have widows in our life, and we're related to them. Spur us, God, to take care of these individuals. Nobody's preaching this sermon. It's not popular. Because it's messy and it's dirty. Stir us, Father God, to take care of the people in our life who have suffered loss. <coughs> Maybe for some of us, God, it's... We know of a younger woman who's lost her spouse. We know a younger widow who maybe is going through her own temptations. But we pray, God, that you would help us to pull her back on the path. To follow your word, to be diligent. May we be your voice, your hands, and your feet to those who have suffered loss. It's such a good blueprint to follow, but it's not easy. And God, those of us who are in the congregation who may be dealing with this right now, mom's or dad's sick, and that possibility of a widow is in the future. Help us to plan well on how we're going to take care of them. What we're going to do for them to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Let's even have a conversation today. Nobody wants to talk about the end, God, but it comes to us all. And help us to love our brothers and our sisters, our, our, our sisters who are widows, well. And point our brothers and sisters in Christ to do the same. It's a massive passage of Scripture, God. Help us to live it out. Application, application, application. I pray even in my own life, you'd help me to know how to love my parents in the years that they're in, how to take care of them. I love you, Lord Jesus. I thank you for your word. What a lighthouse to us who are lost. You're magnificent and awesome. We love you so much. We confess, God, the ways that we've done you in this service this week. We ask that you would pour over us with your grace love. We ask that you would take care of the requests that are being ushered up even right now. As the church continues to pour out to you the needs that are in front of them, help them to see that you are in control. Help us to yield to your word and what it says, every last word of it. Thank you for the scriptures and for your son Jesus Christ, who died according to them rose on the third day according to them, giving us freedom over death. May your gospel live not only in our hearts, but in our lives as we're obedient to it. We yield to that this morning. All God's people say. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church Podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, 
Simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.